Hey, welcome to Dream Aloud with Kendra. It's a podcast for black women who want to live limitless lives. Be inspired by others who have dared to step outside of their comfort zone to live their hopes and dreams and passions. Now let's get started because life is way too short not to live the way that you want. So hello, everybody. I am here with my friend and cousin, Dr. I'm sorry, the Reverend Dr. Lillian Smith. She is a cousin. Yes. And she has written the foreword to my book, Lessons in Legacy, the JMC Family Palmetto Society Blueprint. And she's an author herself as well as a contributing author to an anthology. She's a mother, sister, daughter, friend. And we are here to get into an incredible conversation about her and her phenomenal life. She has pivoted from the private sector as in communications to ministry, and as she calls it, communicating from for God. Yeah. And I want to introduce to you all my one of my wonderful cousins, Lillian Smith, aka Reverend Dr. Smith. I want to welcome you here to our to our session on Second Acts. Well, hello, everyone. Blessings. It's good to be with you. I enjoy especially being with my cousin, the great Kendra Newman. She's a little biased because we are cousins, but yes, she's yes. a woman in her own right. Praise God. Good Thank to you. But I didn't tell any stories. You are phenomenal. Yeah, we're phenomenal together. Thank yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, ma'am. So we already have Vance online talking about good afternoon, cuz. Hey, Vance. Hey, How are you? <laughs> good to talk to you. We won't say what your nickname is here online, but we know who we're waving at. Vance Thompson, we love you. Hello. So, so tell us, you know, this is second acts. How in most of our people have that have been on, most of my guests have are on their second, third, fourth, fifth, eighteenth act. Mm-hmm. So tell us how you went from the private sector to where you are now. How'd well, you start out? Sure. I uh, attended Hampton University and received a degree, Master's of Arts in, I mean, um, Bachelor of Arts in Communications, Mass Media Arts with a minor in journalism. Mm -hmm. I'm a preacher's kid, so I never really had the plan of being in ordained ministry. Maybe lay ministry, but, you know, because every baptized believer is a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, you know, Mm -hmm. it's enough for me. Um, when I came out of Hampton, I worked at WETA Channel 26 as an editorial assistant. I was having fun working for WETA Magazine. And then after that, I worked as a personal assistant for uh, Peggy Cooper Kayfords, who started Duke Ellington School for the Arts in Washington, D.C. That was fine for me. But there was a call there that would not let me go. (laughs) And after I went through a season of maybe three people talking to me within about two months, 
within two month period, that was enough. I didn't need anybody else coming to tell me. I mm -hmm. said, I hear you. So um, it has not always been easy, but I wouldn't trade it. Uh -huh. Because when we are able to live out our God ordained destiny, we live a more fulfilled life. We do mm -hmm. we live more fulfilled lives. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes there's a thought, well, if you go into ordained ministry, if you're communicating for God, you can't use your other gifts. No, God uses everything. In fact, our previous pivots before we pivoted, that was God preparing us for where we are now. Mm-hmm. Everything that we do, God will use it to build upon the next call on our lives. Yes. Is that Jesus? Hey, look, look. It's not, but hey, if he's on the main line, we can call <laughs> We can hold for him, but go ahead. That's right. That's right. So, you know, that's that's how I made the pivot from um, in, 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 in ministry. I have served in local congregations. Mm-hmm. I have served on two of our general agencies, the General Board of Higher Education and Ministries, where I worked for um, as a director of ministries with women and persons of color. Mm -hmm. and worked for the, uh, which is now called Discipleship Ministries. It used to be General Board of Discipleship. And there I was general, uh, Associate General uh, Secretary for Ministries with um, Young People's Ministries. Mm -hmm. So in all of those, I, I also worked in the conference as a director of Connectional Ministries. So in other words, God will use our giftings and God has used my giftings for communications, <laughs> telling the good mm -hmm. in different kinds of situations. Your gifts are transferable. So they whatever, are. wherever your purpose is, you That's said right. your God-given destiny, That's right. there's a purpose for that. And, yeah. and the things that you do change sometimes and That's for right. you, it was a calling into the ministry. But as you said, we're all ministers. That's right. No matter where you are. And That's so right. if you find yourself using certain gifts all the time, right. then it's probably attached to your purpose, correct? That's right. And God ordains our steps. Yep. You know, if we yield with an understanding, we don't know exactly where we will end up. But if we yield, God will order our steps. Mm -hmm. We don't lose anything. No experience is lost. Yep. Absolutely. So, so we're talking, you know, the book comes out, the Lessons and Legacy book comes out on February 16th. Yay! And you wrote the foreword to that. Yes. And your father was and and the book is really about organizing your family so i give a lineage of us but mm -hmm. then it's about our formal organization on how we keep our family together yeah. and we've been able to reach out extending past an immediate family and building this this organization of people who not only love one another but can help one another as well yeah. and so when they started their reunions up again, your father, well, when they started in the 50s, your father was already a part of the, the ministers yeah. that were ministering to the family when they would just come from South Carolina to New Jersey or New Jersey back to South Carolina or somewhere along the way in yeah. D.C. And so I didn't get a chance to meet your father. And if I did, I don't remember. But 
your grandmother. You probably did, but you were just little. Little and didn't figure it out. Mm -hmm. But your grandmother Mm -hmm. is my grandmother's aunt. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she used to come to New Jersey and stay at my grandmom's house. Did she? So I got the opportunity to be in the presence of my great, great aunt. Isn't that something? She was great, great aunt Eula. So I had two aunt Eulas, my grandmom's sister. So it was great aunt Eula. And then your grandma was great, great aunt Eula. And so I would come to my grandma's house and she would be there for days on end and Uh we would all laugh and talk and I was in her presence. Everybody, it was me. We have a big snowstorm on the East Coast here on the East Coast. You have snow in in D.C. too? Yeah, in Maryland. Yeah. So I don't know what happened. I don't know if somebody hit a pole. You know, we're in the country. So. (laughs) <laughs> so when you're in the country with if somebody hits a pole or anything it's it's a wrap and so I, I'm not sure if I can see that we're live here or what can you guys see us I think I'm stuck we see a second that was quite interesting he said we could see him okay so okay I don't know if I'll be able to see other people and their questions. We were, we were able to see them earlier, but we're just going to talk. That's all right. That's all right. We heard you. Thank you. So Mike is like, we got you. We can see Yay. you. We can hear you. Thanks, Michael. But I can't. I can't. And that was a pivot. That was a life. That was an that was a pivot. Yes, ma'am. You don't get concerned. You don't get upset. You say, okay, now what do I need to do? Yes. On. That's a good pivot. That's a good Yes. Pivot. And you need to be calm about it. So I'm from the IT world. And as a director of IT, I had a lot of people that I had to serve. And they would call me all up in arms. Oh, my God, this isn't working. That isn't working. So I would actually get feedback that I didn't care. And I said, no, it's not that I don't care, but somebody has to stay calm. That's right. That's what technology is about. It's not 100%. That's and right. you need to figure a way to work around it. So there was this one lady because one of my departments that I supported was um, social work. So most of, their, most of their work was funded by grants. And so they're like, what about my server? I need this done right away. And something's wrong. And I said, we'll fix it. We, we got it. We're, we'll work on it. So um, the lady, she, she started learning. Her name was Phyllis. Phyllis, if you're watching, hey, I would say, Phyllis, I'm not panicking. You don't have to panic because we right. have it. Because right. I know that we can fix this. And so after a while, she started learning. Okay, you're not panicking. I'm not going to panic. And yeah. we always made sure that Phyllis had everything that she needed. You so know, I, yeah, this is definitely a pivot. And ideally, God doesn't want us to worry. Exactly. Because if we learn to trust God, I'm not saying that everything's perfect. Exactly. We learn to trust God. God is able to work through the situation to get us where we need to go. Mm-hmm. We worry and things happen. Now, I'm not saying, you know, we live in a pie in the sky. No, 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 no. But when we worry, we really open the door for fear to come in. Fear says we trust the enemy more than we trust God. So it's like, okay, let's not worry. Okay, God. 
Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's but right. it looks like you don't care. Yeah. When right. you yeah. don't do that. That's right. My husband and I get into this conversation all the time. I hear He's you. like, don't you care? I was like, yes, but God's going to work it out. And he's looking at me like, you are one crazy chick. But it's true. We need to work on this. And, and I was like, okay, so when have we had an obstacle that God didn't work it out? Come on. And he can't answer that. But he's like, no, that's not just, a, that's just not the way I do it. So I said, but I'm not going to worry with you. That's right. I'm going to work through some issues with you. That's We're right. going to find some solutions together. But if you're waiting for me to roll around and cry and worry, and then when it works out, it's like, oh, it worked out. Why, why spend that energy? That's right. I can work right. on, I can work on solutions. That's right. That's right. So I, and we have, we have to know that, you know, people are, are, they have, they have different ways of handling things. Yeah. So, so I don't want to tell him, don't worry at all, but I can't participate in a yeah. whole bunch of worry. No, I understand. I might be up at night going, okay, how is this going to work out? Uh-huh. And then I just have to say, God, you handle it because I don't hands. have the answer. And that's another reason why I don't like to have a TV on at night because you can't hear God. That's true. And so usually if you go to sleep, when you wake up, you might have an answer. That's true. So that's, I, 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 I tell you, we might be having the enemy must, must be angry today. <laughs> but as my cousin is saying, we, we don't worry. When we trust God, we don't have the option to worry because we want to make sure we allow God's space to do what God's going to do. Because God is able. And God will continue to do what God needs to do. Yeah. And as she continues to uh, get back, you know, we like I said, it's a snow. Like she said, it's a snowstorm on the east. Coast. Well, it's the whole country, really. We just uh, will continue to work through technology. But as my great cousin comes back, remember that God has a plan for you, and um, whatever you know, something might happen in the in in your past, but it doesn't mean that's your future. Make that pivot. As my cousin, who's a life coach. Make that pivot, as she would tell you, make that pivot and, and keep on going because your future, you know, God has a wonderful destiny for you. And you are not to worry. So, yeah. And I hope you will get a copy of her book. It's a wonderful book. It's a wonderful book. And um, I know she's uh, autographing them if you will go to her website at techyours.com to get her book, to get a link to buy the book, or you go to dreamaloudwithkendra.com and you can get a copy of that book there and she will sign it for you and send it to you. I promise you, especially if you're trying to keep your family together, if you're trying to figure out a way to um, organize family reunions, uh, it is an invaluable resource. My cousin has taken on one of the roles of our matriarch who uh, aunt, sis, cousin, sis, who, who uh, 
had been planning these family reunions for years. My cousin Kendra has stepped into that to help take some of the lead in, you know, sharing the lead with some of that. Um, but if you're looking for planning uh, family reunions, it's, it's an invaluable tool, an invaluable tool. So I hope you will be able to do that here. My brilliant cousin is coming back. So I was talking about your book. I heard you. I was like, yes. Mike is like, she's holding it down. She's holding yeah. it down. Yeah, come on. So I Go told ahead. you to get it online and you can sign it. And you'll send it to them. I sure will. This book will help. You were saying this before we got, you know, before technology kicked in again. Yes, ma'am. Families are looking for a way to a plan for mm -hmm. family reunions. Mm -hmm. This gives, you know, a tool, a vehicle that they can use to do that. Because our family's been doing it for many years. Since the 50s. The uh -huh. 50s. Uh -huh. And so they became organized. Well, they actually, they've always been organized. They actually um, registered their um, nonprofit in the 80s. And so we have all of that information in the book from who we are, yeah. how our organization started, and how other people can do the same but most of all it's about getting together yeah and breaking bread yeah and getting to know people outside of grandma's house there's That's so true. many more people That's in true. your life there's so many more people um i was just talking about like the ministers uh -huh. so there's a long line of ministry that's a legacy within yeah. our family yeah and so your dad was a minister uh -huh. and then we had cousin Jasper who was uh -huh. also Jasper. So they had the two Jaspers. Two Jaspers. C Jaspers. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Two Jaspers. C Jasper Smith and then Jasper Johnson. Uh -huh. And so one of our, because we also have bylaws, one of our bylaws is we have to worship together. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're not out of ministers. That's right. We have that worship service. But the, the best part I like about our family is if, you know, we never feel weird about around ministers mm -mm. because it's, it's a life thing. That's right. And if, if someone has chosen a different path, that's okay too. You're still family. That's right. One thing that I love about the Johnson McFarland McQueen family is we love everybody from the person who has been to jail yeah. or, or rightfully convicted. Yeah. To, to the person who is running, you know, for Senate, that kind of thing. You're all family and we love you all. That's right. And so we're going to, we're not going to condone, you know, the bad. Oh, no, no, no. We love the person. That's and right. um, I love to see that. When, when Lillian comes into the room, we don't say, oh, here comes the Reverend <laughs> Doctor. It's, here's Lillian. She's here. And That's right. She brought her mom and her kids, and this is where we're going to do it. And we That's have right. a great time. That's so right. not only did you write the foreword to the book. Yes, ma'am. But you've also hosted many a reunion. Yeah I, yeah, I hosted one in our backyard. Your beautiful backyard in Tennessee. In Tennessee. Yes, 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 Tennessee. That's the one I really did just about all of it. I did all of that one. Yes. Cousin Sis asked me to, Aunt Sis, Cousin Sis asked me to help with something, and I helped a little bit, but I didn't really plan it. I just did one part of it. 
the but one I, in DC. Yeah. Yeah. So this is another thing. Is this is the second um, day of Black History Month. Yes. And I will say this. When I was growing up, I was like, I love my family. Yes, I know we're Black and we're phenomenal. But do we need to do all of this? I am a changed person, about 20, about 20 or 30 years changed. And I absolutely believe that we need to do all of this. You yeah. were doing that all the time. So we're in we're in DC and you get up and you read Still Our Eyes by Maya Angelo at church. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going, oh, okay, we know we're black. Why do we need to do that? But by the time 2006 came and you had hosted in DC, I'm in Tennessee. Yeah. I was all on board and we did a black history tour. Yeah. In Tennessee. Yeah. And you in you bought in two um, history professors mm -hmm. from TSU, from Tennessee yeah. State, from Tennessee State. I can't remember the name of the professor who was on my, on my um, bus, because I had the little <laughs> mini bus that you had, because um, I flew in, I didn't take the bus. So there was the big bus of 50 people. Uh -huh. And then there was the little bus of those of us who had either driven or flown in. And I was on a little bus, so we were able to ask questions. And he methodically took us from landmark to landmark. The one thing that I remember the most is we were riding through Nashville. Uh-huh. And he's pointing out black owned and what black people used to do. And we were riding by the riverboat and he explained that there was a slave, an enslaved woman uh -huh. who was on this riverboat with the family where she was taking care of the, the children. And uh, one of the children fell off the boat and she dived in and she dove in to save this child. And no one knows the name of this lady. Wow. But she was able to, um, she was recognized and they, they gave her her freedom papers. And, and I was wondering why, okay, you saved the child. But he explained that not only were the enslaved not, not permitted to read and write, they were not permitted to learn, learn to, to swim. swim. Mm-hmm. Because you could swim the freedom. There you go. I never heard that before. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? So here I was, 36 years old, just finding out that they were not permitted to swim. See? That's amazing. Yeah. What else don't we know? Look. And then so we and know that they leave patterns. So there's a pattern there. There's a lot of black people that don't know how to swim. Why? Even now, that's true. Because their parents didn't know how to swim. That's true. And so no one was able to teach them. And then now we say black folks don't swim. Oh. But if you if you just learn that little piece, you need to be defiant and learn how to swim or at least float. That's you right. Something. That's There's right. always something in the background. That's right. That we don't understand or know. That's right. And that is why we need to incorporate black history into our reunions as well. Because we and, can see how magnificent we are. And one of the things cousin sis would always talk about was how our relative uh cat was it cat Daniel? Cat Daniels had been thrown off of the ship 
that was bringing enslaved people into uh, yep. South Carolina was thrown off the ship. Somehow he he swam to show he got caught again, but but he got thrown off, and that's yeah. because he was he was he was fighting for freedom or what have you. Come on, some. But he he probably knew how to swim. That's true on the continent. That's right, and he but he did swim to shore. He got again because the whole thing they threw them over, and they were told if they could swim, they would live, well, and he, he swam ashore. He did. And we're here because he's that's right. That's right. And we talk about history, black history. We come from a we have a number of relatives and generations that have withstood the oppressions of the time. Yes. Thus we rise. Come on. Yes. So yes. By the grace of God, God, mm -hmm. God is not confined by the evil of anybody. God is no respect. Right. And God will help us. Yeah, 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 you're right. And that's why it's important to tell the story. That's right. Because we are looking everywhere, but yeah. right around you, which yeah. is another reason that my interviewees are people that are now. Okay. I'm not, I'm not running for the, for the star because you guys are the stars. I'm surrounded by phenomenal women. Wow. Why not put them out there? Wow. And so when we think about it, you're... My grandmother's grandmother had a, had a farm. So she had a farm mm -hmm. and they owned land and houses. They she did, was that's born right. in 1865. Okay. Her parents, mm -hmm. your great grandparents, my yes, great yes. great grandparents mm -hmm. had a farm mm -hmm. and they had business as well. Yeah. And they were born, dare I say, before emancipation or I close to it. They had land. Mm -hmm. What a phenomenal feat. That's right. And we're so busy saying Black folks can't get together. Well, apparently they are together. Yeah. We migrated from the South together mm -hmm. and we're still working together. So what needs to change here? Just the narrative. That's right. The truth, the truth has always been there. Yeah. But we don't believe we're looking too many other places. It's right there. That's right. It's right there in front of us. But if somebody like Lillian didn't get up and say, we're Black and we're happy to be Black and God has bought us this far. Oh, most certainly. Then we keep thinking, oh, well, I, I did this on my own. I, oh, I no. learned this, but no, it's in you. It's in That's your right. DNA. That's and right. you're not the first person to do it. Oh, no, no, no. And it's also your job to keep everyone else in step let them know tell that's the right. story keep right. the narrative the true the true narrative of who we are there's an african proverb that says until the lion learns to write the story of victory will always be told by the hunter come on that's a word that's a good word so we only hear what the hunter says that's right what are the lions saying? That's right. And can the lion tell the story if, if they don't know who they are? No. Uh-uh. If they don't know who they are, no. In The Lion King, there's, and it's, I, had, I, I used it in one of my meditations for my book, Words to Live By, Wisdom Keys That Can Change Your Life. In one of them, I highlighted Mustafa's words, Simba, you are not who you have become. Uh. Because Simba thought, 
that he had caused his father's death, right? And he thought he was a loser. He thought he was defeated. Fasa mm -hmm. came to him and said, no, 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 no. You are not who you have become. You are my child. And yes. this is for everyone, but it's mm -hmm. people of African descent to remember that we are sons and daughters of the most high God. Yeah. No junk, no, no, uh, we're not orphans. We're not stepchildren, we're God's children. And so we need to live that out as royalty, divine royalty. Divine royalty. That's right. So let's, let's talk about the church. Okay. Um, you, you, you have a chapter in the anthology. What's the title of the book? Because I don't want to mess it up. That's all right. You want me to show it? Yes. This is I'm Black. I'm Black, I'm Christian, and I'm Methodist. That's right. That's right. That's right. It was edited by um, Rudy Rasmus, Reverend Rudy Rasmus, Reverend Doctor, who pastors uh, St. John's United Methodist in Houston, okay. uh, Houston, Texas, and he pastors it with his wife, uh, Reverend uh, Juanita Rasmus, who also recently wrote a book, learned okay. recently. And so, and he... he uh, Dr. Rudy asked each of us to write on a different perspective. Uh, and mine was, I'm, I'm, let's see, I'm black, I've seen, I remain. <laughs> yeah, hmm. black, I've seen, I remain. And I talked about our families, um, we've been a part of Methodism from the very beginning. Yes. Very beginning. And so, uh, we're not Janetta's or Johnny come lately to the Methodist movement, whether we're AME, AME Zion, now United Methodist, CME, whatever. We have been here. Mm -hmm. uh, we have an ancestor uh, by the name of what? Miles Newman, who provided some property on which MACB uh, stands, MACB United Methodist Church stands. New Hope. Thank you, thank New you. New Hope. United thank Methodist you. in MACBE. Thank you, thank you. Thank you very much. New Hope in MACBE. Um, we have, uh, my father helped build uh, a church in Angeles and I can't think, the name just went out of my, my, my mind. So we've been here, mm -hmm. we've been here, but there's no reason to, in other words, if you see that you're part of it, you don't have to be made like you're on the periphery. That's yeah. that you know, that you don't belong. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, God's family is a multicolored, multicultural, multicultural mm -hmm. family. And no one should ever feel that they're less than. In the political reality in which we live, you know, it just seems like, I mean, racism mm -hmm. just seems the sin and the evil of racism seems to be rearing its ugly head one more time. Mm -hmm. But we too sing America. We've been here. We're not going anywhere. <laughs> so we need to first identify who's causing this, the true source of this mess is mm -hmm. the Satan, the hater of our souls. And then, you know, dismantle uh, this racism and this hatred. So, so let's talk about that. So our family started out, most, most of them still are Methodists, United Methodists. Uh -huh. we, we came to New Jersey and we, most of us became AME, African uh -huh. Methodist Episcopal. Uh -huh. So I will tell you, I, I don't go to church at all right now. Okay. I'm loving God. Uh 
I'm following his word, but uh-huh. I have tired of rituals and just religion. I am interested in in relationship. Uh-huh. Now, here is the thing with the Methodist Church. Uh-huh. I started out as Methodist uh-huh. until I became an adult because to me, the Methodist Church, even AME was a little too quiet. We had, you know, we had some choirs when I was little, and then when they went back to the Methodist that you see on TV, very quiet and this, and I told my mom, I'm going to be Baptist, I'm going to be this, and she said, I don't care where you are, who you, what you do, as long Just as you church. go somewhere, uh-huh. and so we, I knew, I was psychic for, for many years, I knew way in advance where I'd be on Sunday and Wednesday, in church but uh-huh. I will say this then from there I I, I never became Baptist I, I went straight to um non-denominational uh-huh. and that had been good for me as well but what I got out of the AME church uh-huh. the African Methodist church was organization mm-hmm. that's where I learned to stand in front of crowds of people Starting with Sunday school, thank you for the primary class, for one teacher, eight scholars, and $12.50, that kind of thing. From there, I became the recording secretary for all the people that stood up and said what their classes had. And I understand that they were foundational for colleges, so all of these HBCUs. Oh, many of them, yes. Mm -hmm. Many of them started from the the AME church or AME Zion church Uh um you know that's what I understand or even the black or yes or even the black conferences of what is now the United Methodist Church okay Morgan State University came out black conference Mm -hmm. University of Maryland Eastern Shore used to be the Princess Anne Academy of Morgan College Oh, most certainly. Bethune-Cookman College came out of the, the United, Me- what, mm-hmm. United Methodist Church. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So so what, what I've gotten out of that was leadership, mm-hmm. public speaking, friendship. And boy, did they cook good. They cook <laughs> very well. And so that was another part of a community. And most of the people there were probably like four or five families. I hear you. And... It was huge because everybody came to see grandma and you went to church with grandma. And so it was about those four or five families that became a family. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like I wasn't, I was learning Bible stories, but not the rest Mm -hmm. of the story, not experiencing the rhema. But -hmm. I will tell you this, when my mother died, I knew the word because of these rituals because of responsive reading, because of some Sunday school and and Wednesday Bible study, that when my mother passed away, uh-huh. again, I'm not a worrier. So everybody was like, she's a little strange. You know, her and her mom was close, that she's in denial and this and that. And I would remember laying in bed going, am I in denial? Should I be acting a different way? Uh-huh. Because my reaction didn't set well with everyone else. And as I was laying in bed, I had already started doing my non-denominational kind of um, study. I was like 22. Uh-huh. And the Lord spoke to me and said, this is that. You know, we, stood, we stand at the, um, and we stand at the back and it's a, may the peace of God, 
which passes all understanding. That's right. Your heart and your mind. That's right. And the Lord brought that to my remembrance. This is that. Yeah. That was the rhema of God. I yeah. actually got to experience the Me. rhema of God, not in church. Yeah. But in life. And that's what I'm that's what I'm I'm looking for at all times. The rhema of God in life. Church, yeah. to me, church is where you get all your ammunition. That's oh, yeah. where you are being built for times such as these. We're yeah. in a pandemic. Yeah. If this is where you apply all that you've learned, church is school for life. Oh, that's right. You go to church, you are, you get the tools and the weapons you need for warfare, and then you go out. So yes, right. yes. but it's also, like you said, it's a personal walk. It's a personal right. And I will, I'll also add initially the early Methodist church was not quiet. Hmm. No, no, no. It wasn't quiet. Initially, it was not quiet. One of the reasons it was attractive to Blacks was because they were enthusiastic. Mm. That was very similar to the African spirituality. Yes. You know, uh, it's probably as we became more middle class that we tried to, you know, reign, reign that some of that cultural. Yes. There is a person by the middle class educated. Mm-hmm, that's right. And running or at the top mm-hmm. of HBCUs, because I understand most of the HBCUs initially had black presidents as well. I mean, white mm-hmm. presidents as well. Uh-huh. So the the higher you got up, the more educated. That So that may be the origins of our quietness nowadays. Yeah, well, yeah, and I think some people are breaking out of it. I know that... Um, there is a person who wrote by the name of Ari Torrey. He was in a he was an evangelist mm-hmm. and oh, Anglo. He was a white evangelist, and he talked about how <laughs> he had the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and he said he was a quiet person, but he shouted louder than the most the loudest shouting Methodist. Come on, somebody! <laughs> so we have lost that in many churches. We have lost that part of our spiritual legacy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't want people to think that's completely gone. It's not completely gone. It just probably needs to be watered or uh, fuel the flyer. Come on. Yep. There. We, we cannot contain the, the Holy Spirit. In fact, there are many churches that if we went back, you know, I'm talking about black congregations. If we went back a few generations, we would hear about sister so-and-so who when the Holy Spirit would hit, they'd run around. Yep. <laughs> And they just couldn't help themselves. And it was normal. You yeah. know, people would say amen more or what have you. Um, we just lost some of that. Mm-hmm. We're suppressing some of it. Uh, we come, we have a varied way that we can respond. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And you see how we, we saw that and people don't even remember that. Cause I, I didn't know. I thought my, my church in the seventies was just a little different where they liked music and there was as back then you got happy uh-huh. <laughs> so when you shouted you got ha- so-and-so got happy uh-huh. and you went on but um it just seems that's the same thing with families mm-hmm. you forget the tradition that's right you that's forget who you were you forget the greatness that's right and so somebody needs to tell the story 
That's right. Somebody That's needs right. to tell the story of the Methodists and the Black folks. And yes, I'm still a Christian. Somebody needs to tell the story of this was our religion when we got here and we're still moving. So Lillian, are you stuck now? Oh, you were stuck for a minute. That's true. So, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, I got a told me, yeah. Uh-huh. So, so this is what's going on with us as a family, mm-hmm. as a family that loves God. So what is next for you? Um, I have a few more books that I'm going to be writing. Okay. <laughs> I told me years ago <laughs> to start writing. I've been kind of slow to do it. So I have some that I just need to uh, need to uh, get published. You know, I need okay. to format it and put get them published. Um, I don't know what else. I don't know what else, but that's all right. I'm not. I mean, I'm not worried about it, but I don't know what else. It's okay. The newest you're, you're thing. You're already doing a million things. Look, that's an understatement. Right now, I I just started helping to um, mentor some students working through their demon process. Okay. Theological Seminary in, in Dayton, Ohio. So that's that's the new uh, portion of the uh, puzzle. Okay. Who knows? I don't know, but that's all right. I'm I'm good. So so I want to go back to your grandmother. Yes. Because that's when the power went out. So I knew it was going to be powerful. So she's my grandma's aunt, but uh-huh. she stayed at the house. Uh-huh. And I used to go there all the time. Now I have a few pictures and there was lots of conversation, but the fact that no one there said, most people don't get the opportunity to meet and speak to their great, great aunt. That's true. And me being the griot because my grandmom is a griot. Okay. I was too young to pick that up. Oh. As was, and you know, I, I, I was, I was 20. I think she, when she passed, I was probably 20 and uh-huh. I still hadn't figured it out yet that wow. this opportunity would not always be. No, I hear you. Yeah. Wow. What, what an opportunity would I have had to ask about Doc McQueen? And Catherine McQueen. Yeah. Yeah. But we didn't talk about that. No, and didn't think to. I'm going to tell you, I regret not taking a microphone and taping Cousin Sis. I did. Okay, well, that's good. I I have recorded her, not just the, I have video. Okay. Caught her outside. And so Mm -hmm. that's what I'm doing now. If I can video people, I do. Because the book is nice. Mm Mm-hmm. I post things on Facebook about folks, but, and you know, the stories that I know, my dad hailed his grandmother, mm-hmm. your grandmother's sister. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know what her voice sounds like oh, because she died in 1966. And mm-hmm. if there's a recording, I don't know about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what her, how she moved and what her mannerisms are because we only have still pictures. I hear you. So I have a picture with my son. Okay. With your grandma, my grandma, and his father. And I'm taking the picture. Why on earth? I'm in the picture. 
didn't I have him take the picture? Yeah. But I wasn't thinking about that. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing about lessons and legacy. Please take pictures. Yeah. that's Please take pictures. Yeah. And if someone is taking your pictures, family members, because you're a, you're a member of someone's family, don't hide because those pictures are not for you. That's They're right. for someone else That's later true. on. That's for posterity's sake. That's right. Take the picture. It's not for you. That's true. And those of you who have pictures that you're not sharing with the rest of the family, you don't have to give them out now. You can scan them and That's share. Right. Uh-huh. They're not just yours. They're for everyone. That's right. Share the pictures. So we won't know who we are unless we tell the story. That's right. The story won't be told with truth unless we tell the story. That's right. Don't let it stay with you. That's right. Not at all. That's right. So I'm sure we'll we'll get a chance to plan another reunion I at some point. I'm looking forward to it. I'll be ready. By we, we were supposed to do one together because I did Chicago 20, 2005 uh -huh. and you did Tennessee 2006 and they've been rolling ever since. Everybody's been, been joining in. So we have a different host every year. We tried to have one this summer and COVID wouldn't let us. That's right. It's looking like this summer may be some of the same. So we're going to have to figure out how we can do something digitally right. until we can get together. But until then, we hope that you keep writing. I know that you'll keep writing. Yeah, uh, we will stay in touch. I'm still looking for more pictures. And, you know, since you can send them digitally, we don't have to worry about returning them. I know that's real. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so, it's an honor to say that you know we have we share your great grandmother is my great great grandmother that's and right. i know you like i know my first cousin so that's right isn't that amazing won, yes but it was an effort put in by the family yeah they were and very close they were very close they were very close and they, and there were 14 my grandmom had has 13 siblings or 14 of them uh -huh. and then all of your great your great grandparents children they had a good amount of children they did. and yeah. they made sure that they knew one another and so in the book I have to stop at generation five so I go from Kat to okay. Miles to Priscilla I have to stop at generation five to make sure that it was inclusive of all of the JMC okay. families. Okay. And then they have to, to flush out the their line from there. But I've done the hard work because we know pretty much, you know, the first and the, the generation right before us and that gen the next generation. Then but before that, you know, I was tired of explaining. No, you're a family <laughs> member on this side. No, you're a McFarland. No, you're you're a Johnston and McQueen, but not those Johnsons, this Johnson. So I was like, I'll put it all in the in a book so that everybody can see. Then we talk about the organization and then there's a blueprint with checklists and everything for anyone else who wants to do that for other members of their family and anybody who's not related to us. And you don't have to be black. That's right. To follow the checklist. That's right. You don't have to be black to follow the checklist. In fact, most of us are not 100% black. Almost certainly. We have 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that comes out in the family line also. But that comes honestly, out in the family line. I'm, I'm trying to set up an interview with Cousin Sharon. Okay. And we're, we're going to go into the family that decided that passing as a white person mm-hmm. was easier than living as a black person. So there are family members that we never saw again, that they never saw again because they were passing. And then there are family members I understand that they did reunite with in Philadelphia okay because they knew they were part of a passing family I don't have all the details yet well I'll have to wait but I'm ready to get all into that and that's not in the book but that'll be the next one yes yeah that'll be the next one because I enjoy studying and doing the genealogy and actually meeting the people and putting the 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 um the dots together that's fine. so all of these stories that we have the genealogy and the historical piece putting that together and doing dna to prove these stories or disprove these stories i and, have not done know, my dna yet i need you to. haven't uh-uh. you haven't but there's there's a story that i did dna for and it, it the story doesn't doesn't pan out so now there's more I have to put on my sleuth classes and add again and I need to to follow that path and see where it leads because the folklore or the family lore as I say Uh Uh doesn't add up with the DNA but no but 90% of the stories that I have Uh the DNA backs it up then there's something else in that story that was left out I got you yes ma'am because uh, they didn't make it up. Now, whatever story they pass on, they didn't make yeah. it up. Yeah. Or they just thought. Yeah. Don't, don't forget, there were two little boys left on a step. I heard and that. So, yes, 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 yes. And, and they so, thought that was part of the Trail of th- the Tears, right? Right. They thought they were part of the Trail of Tears. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And so they're supposed to be Native American. Our DNA does not display ah. Native American anywhere. Okay. okay. That doesn't mean that they weren't part of the Trail of Tears because there were Africans yeah. and other people yeah, in that trail. Uh-huh. But Native American is so minuscule. And just looking at the lineage that we have, it should be higher if okay. that story is true. Uh-huh. So where did these little boys come from? That's interesting. Stay tuned, everybody. There may yeah. be another, another book, a workbook or something. I don't know. But... The DNA does not back that up. Isn't that something? But pretty much everything else that mm-hmm. I've been told, I've been able to either back up with DNA yeah. or some research, some document that that corroborates the story. Isn't that something? That's yes, okay. ma'am. So we got a lot to do. Tell everybody the name of your book again. Oh, can I? Okay. So the one that I wrote myself is Words to Live By, Wisdom Keys That Can Change Your Life. It's available by Amazon and it highlights quotes, um, instructions of, 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 of wisdom that I gleaned from different people, different mm-hmm. parts of life. And I really, um, it's, I, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, we're going to get that. 
not just because it's mine it's just really wisdom wisdom. you learn from somebody else's wisdom you don't have to you don't have to make the mistake learn from somebody else amen that's right experience is a good teacher but the wise don't attend her school come on i look i want to attend her school because i don't want to learn it the hard way Mm -hmm. life will life will spank you if you let it yeah i ain't trying (laughs) exactly and then the other one is i'm black I'm Christian, I'm Methodist. Both of them are available by um, Amazon and um, amazon.com or Cokesbury, either one. Okay. So we talk about quotes. So when I do my podcast alone, Mm -hmm. I'm a big quotes fan myself. So Mm -hmm. it's always quotes and questions to make you reflect and then make changes to make the pivots that you need to be in your purpose and walk it out with passion. So on this show, I always ask my guest, what is your favorite quote? Okay. You said one. So the scripture is, is anything too hard for God? Hmm. Jeremiah 32, 27. That's something that I am living out every day because in in our life, it is easy to think oh my gosh i'm at a standstill there's no way out the situation won't shift nothing's too hard for our god no god is more powerful than any situation we confront we keep our eyes on god not the wind not the rain not the storm not the waves nothing's too hard for god and so when you think of worrying or you're about to worry remind yourself is there anything too hard for god That's right. That's pretty much what you're saying. That's right. And when you worry to the point that you're distraught, sometimes that saying, I'm not sure who my God is. That's right. It is. It is. We don't realize it. We really don't realize that we're saying, God, I don't trust you. And we know that fear comes. Fear is not from God. God says, I didn't give you that spirit. Mm Mm-hmm the spirit. I didn't give you that spirit. I gave you power, power, love, and a sound sound mind. Um, But when that spirit confronts it, when it assaults us, when it fights us, it's very easy to give into it. And what we have to learn is in order to walk out into God's best, we have to push, we have to keep the fear at bay. When Mm -hmm. it comes, you got to confront it, put it in its place, and then say, God, I trust you. I don't know how you're going to do it, but I trust you. Yeah. Now, I only ask for one, but the other right. one I have is don't hang with the losers. I was a young person. I was probably 30, 32. And Dr. Walter L. Kimbrough, uh, who was pastor of um, Cascade. At that time, he was pastor of Cascade United Methodist in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And he said, you can't hang with everyone. He says, because some will do what they can to mess up your destiny. Mm-hmm. That means truth, everybody. He said, but you can't hang with them because you're going some places that others are not going. Everybody can't go. Come on. That's a word. That's a word for everybody. Don't hang with losers. You love everybody. Mm -hmm. Don't put anybody on the side, but for your circle, for your purpose and your destiny, ah, you got to hang with God, with whom God sends your way. And sometimes God will do some shaking so that there's some falling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah understood yeah don't hang with losers yeah 
That was a hard word. I was like, huh? He said, don't hang with you losers. He said, everybody's yeah. going where you're going. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's kind of what I used to tell my son when he was little. Uh-huh. Like, you know, you, if you're an eagle, you don't hang out with chickens. That's right. Because the eagle soars above everything. That's Chicken right. is still on the ground. They're flapping real hard. They only get a little, get maybe a couple feet. When you're flapping, you're flapping and flapping. So he went to Sunday school and told the people that he was an eagle. He's not going to be flapping. flapping. But But he told him so. Exactly. That's true. Exactly. That's the same thing. Soar. Yeah, it is. You want to soar. And lastly, I always ask every guest, on whose shoulders do you stand? How could I be a griot and a lessons and legacy heritage person and not ask that question? Yeah, people. We didn't get here by ourselves. No, I stand on the shoulders of every generation that went before me. And I don't take it for granted. Every generation from my grandma Eula to my father and mother to their parents and their parents before them. I stand on everybody's shoulders. We didn't even talk about your maternal grandparents. Yeah. Ah, the maternal grandfather was a physician, Mm -hmm. right? He was, and, and he had gone to, uh, he and my grandma, grandmother had attended a Princess Ad Academy of Morgan College. Remember I said it started from the black mm-hmm. of the Methodist church. And uh, he was the first black doctor in Talbot County. Um, then he went to Meharry Medical College, which was also Methodist mm-hmm. in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, I stand on their shoulders. You Absolutely. Know, who went through whatever they went through for us to be here. And to thrive. That's right. And to thrive. I'm not self-made. <laughs> you know None what? of us are. We are also the actualization of their prayers. Prayers that they did not see manifest. But God said, I hear you. And I'm still going to make it happen through your generations. Yep. God works through generations. That's right. And I'm going to collect everything that my mama didn't get. That's what cool. my mama didn't get. What you talking and my about? My grandma Me didn't too. get. That's right. And, and because I, they were they were stolen. That means stuff was stolen yeah. from them. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. They worked hard. That's so right. So that I could have some stuff. That's right. And so I'm going for everything that they did not get. That's right. I'm also planning to thrive in every area that's so right. you got to make some pivots to do that that's and right. you got to make some changes and lastly I want to set up the generations after me Come to on. do even better because right. there'll be some things that I didn't obtain that's right but I'm cheering them on that's right to make sure that we continue because God does operate in generations that's right and I'm going for it. That's right. And so, and that's the same thing with Abraham. God chose Abraham because he would teach his children. That's right. And so I make sure that I teach the word and the legacy. That's right. That's right. No, we're going back. We're going for everything that our ancestors could not get because Amen. of oppressive times. That's right. Getting it, and we're gonna pass on. And if there's anything that does not need to go forward, cut <laughs> it off at the. Come room. on, we'll do some warfare now. And say enough is enough. No yes. more. You will release our generations in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. 
And if you don't know the story or if you don't do the analysis, then you don't know what you want to keep That's true. and what you need to let go of. That's true. Like the not swimming. Yeah. Let it go. That's right. I'm sure if you lived on the coast, on the continent, you, had you were a swimmer. That's right. And then you got here and you weren't allowed to. Yeah. So swim. Don't sink. That's right. We weren't allowed to read and write. Do it. There's still some areas, some spaces that we are not in. Break through. That's right. And create your own. Because there, there well, we couldn't go where we weren't allowed. The worlds that we weren't allowed in, we created our own. And I do believe we thrived because we created our own. Oh, most certainly. And so that has to happen too. That's right. Continue to build your own. Are there any questions for Lillian before we let her go? Oh, we have a lot of people watching. I guess they're just listening. Okay. They're on. They're listening. And so what I do is when we when we sign off, people will watch later. And just keep an eye on it. And if you want to respond to any questions that they have okay. on Facebook later, be there. Oh, make sure you post where they can find your book. Okay. Because we should read the book, especially the quotes. Okay. I, I need that. So you put that in the in the chat so that so that folks can know where they need to go to get it. So Renee Seaver said, my mom, Carrie Johnson, would uh -huh. always take pictures at family reunions. Renee, share those pictures. Just scan them and share them. We have a, a family site. Please share them because we should see them. It gives people a, um, a way to connect with their past. All right, I see that you posted it. And so we can, we can add that. Oh, you posted on, um, on our chat, but I'll make sure I get it to the, to the live stream. Okay. okay. And we'll put it on there. Lillian, I thank you. Thank you for inviting There will be more conversation. Oh, and tell them about your, um, the YouTube series that you guys are doing. The, all the right Reverend doctors. Oh, related to the book, I'm Black, I'm Christian, I'm Methodist on the abington.com site, there are a number of um, video conversations. So there, there have been panel discussions where we have talked about a variety of, of issues related to racism, mm -hmm. related to, you know, the book and who we are from the Methodist perspective. And so, yeah, that, and there, there, there's some others on, uh, there's some others out there also. So I'll, I'll send them to you. Uh -huh. And you post it on your on your page, right? So yes. if, if they were on your page, they can just find the YouTube video and go ahead and watch them. I, yeah. I found the first one very interesting, okay. really good, and I plan to watch the rest. I so wait. back to the pictures, Renee says she's going to send them. I okay. told you to scan them, but that's okay. I'll take them. And then um, Delma says, yes, get those pictures out the box. So that's what we're doing. So Aww. I thank you all for joining Lillian and I. And um, where's your church? Oh, thank you. I pastor Chevrolet. Oh, I'm sorry. Now, where is that thing? I had? Jesus is calling again. 
Jesus is calling again. <laughs> Chevrolet United Methodist Church, uh, 2801 Chevrolet Avenue, Chevrolet, Maryland. We call ourselves a church in the heart of the community with the community in its heart. It's a multicultural congregation in Amen. Prince County, a mile outside of DC. Right now, everything's virtual, but um, we'd love to be in ministry with you all. Okay. Thank you, everyone, for joining. I hope you enjoyed the session. I did. Love you, great family. Day. Love you, everyone. Bye. God bless Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Dream Aloud with Kendra. If you like the show, leave a review and tell a friend. I also invite you to join our Dream Aloud Facebook group, where we encourage and challenge our members to step outside of their comfort zone and live limitless lives. I guarantee you, you will experience true fulfillment when you live, work, and play your way.